Johnson someday. I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand. As I onward go and daily meet the full blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Yes, I need thee every hour. Through this land, this pilgrim land, protect me by the saving power. Hear my plea, my feeble plea, oh Lord, dear Lord, look down on me. When I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Amen. Let us know, page 452. <clears throat> Four fifty two. Standing on the promises. Once again, pages four hundred fifty two. If all found, let us sing together. Standing on the promises of Christ, my King, through the end of time. That praises ring, a glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, we sing and standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I am standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God, we sing it standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I am standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternal bond. Go uh, overcoming daily with the Spirit's soul, standing on the promises of God. We sing it standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I am standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. I listen every moment to the Spirit call. I resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God, we're singing standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing. Standing, I am standing on the promises of God. 
sing is standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I am standing on the promises of God. Let us know, page 871. Following our next song selection, we have scripture reading and prayer. Beautiful. <clears throat> Page 871. Fall find that a scene together. Beautiful rose, so white, beautiful land of light, beautiful home, so bright, where there shall come no night, beautiful crown I wear, shining and bright, oh, there, yonder in heaven. John's fair, gather us there, beautiful road, beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, beautiful crown, shining so fair. Beautiful man, John Bright, gather us there, yes, gather us there. Beautiful thought to me, we shall forever be, dying in eternity, when from this world we're free, free from the toils and care. Heavenly joy to share. Let me cross over there. This is my prayer. Beautiful road. Beautiful land. Beautiful home. Beautiful band. Beautiful Shining so fair, beautiful man, John Wright, gather us there, yes, gather us there. Good morning, church. Good morning. This morning's scripture reading will be taken from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Once again, that's the book of Proverbs. I'm just, yes, book of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. reads as follows. The proverb of Solomon, 
the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instructions of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Verse six, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. instruction. Verse eight, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Verse nine, for they shall be an ointment of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Lord, add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven. Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth with thanksgiving in our heart. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank the Heavenly Father for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and closing our right mind. We thank the Heavenly Father for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank the Heavenly Father for the ones that is present. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here for some reason wasn't able to be. We thank the Heavenly Father for the prayers that you have answered in the past. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue to answer them in the future. We thank the Heavenly Father for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and a place to come in which you in spirit and in truth. Most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and were buried, rose again on the third day according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are member of. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the every church door open, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's proclaiming your word. And we thank thee, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to see another day. Amen. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's traveling. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut in. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones working on the front lines. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of. 
We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that bereaved at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will strengthen them, Heavenly Father, comfort them, Heavenly Father, in the way that only you know how. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, I do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We also pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the Inglewood Church of Christ congregation and their family. Heavenly Father, we know you know what we are going through. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know we stand in need of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our government. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that things will be done in the way will be according to your will. And Heavenly Father, we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper. He come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen to those words. We'll listen toward eternity. Because these will be eternal matters, he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's walking in darkness. We pray, Heavenly Father, they will see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. And Heavenly Father, we pray that this witcher service will be done decent and in order. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we will hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 904 for the Song of Invitation. Pages 904 for the Song of Invitation. And our next song selection will be pages 885. How beautiful heaven must be. Once again, pages 885. If all fine, let us sing together. We read of a place that's called heaven. It's made for the pure and the free. These truth in God's word we shall give on. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be, sweet home of the happy and free, fair haven a rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be, 
inherit no drooping, no pining, no wishing for elsewhere to be. God's light is forever there shining. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. For having a rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Pure waters of life there are flowing. And all who will drink may be free. Red jewels of splendor are glowing. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven a rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven a rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Let the church say amen again. How beautiful heaven must be. John helps us to have a little bit of a glimpse into that beauty. As he said, there are uh, streets of gold and walls of jasper. There are crystal waters. There's no need for the S-U-N sun because the S-O-N sun is always shining. How beautiful heaven must be. Isaiah says, in the old time and long time ago that he had no comp, no form, and no beauty, no comeliness that we should desire him. But heaven shows us the beauty of Christ. Amen. How beautiful heaven uh, must be. And if we can make it there, and I know that we can, um, we will no longer see through a glass darkly. Amen. But one day we'll be able to see him face to face. Looking for that day to see how beautiful heaven must be. It is good to be here this morning, and not only because it is uh, a Father's Day, but because it's the Lord's Day. Uh, Father's Day is just uh, cream on top of the cake. 
we just so thankful to God that he blessed us to be able to be here this morning just to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and we have some other things to say about that later at its more appropriate time, but uh, it is a blessing to be here, to be able to study God's word together and to worship him and to worship him in spirit uh, and in truth. As we normally do, uh, each one uh, of these holidays give us an opportunity to, uh, to, to divert our sermon just a little bit, uh, and diversion may not even be uh, the appropriate word. It uh, may be better uh, of, um, uh, a better word would be uh, to use would be to supplement uh, our sermon themes to incorporate and to inculcate uh, holidays that uh, come upon us. Uh, we know that uh, this particular weekend is full of holidays. Amen. Uh, we know Juneteenth, amen, has been made a federal holiday. Uh, I know some of y'all woke up on Friday and said, just send me my check. I ain't even coming in today. Just send me my check. And uh, what a blessing uh, for that day. And we would have more to say about that as days and years come as God will bless us to live. But uh, this morning we're talking about another holiday, which is Father's Day. And, uh, uh, you know, the Father's uh, you know, I know that they, they, they're probably thankful that Mother's Day precedes Father's Day. So they, you know, they, 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 they get theirs in first and then Father's Day comes along, right? Um, and so the preacher's going to talk on Father's Day. But he already talked about the mamas and so, you know, it's all right uh, that he talks about the fathers. Uh, we, we, we believe in equal justice under the law, amen, especially when it comes to the law of God. <laughs> Uh, and so we try to give encouragement to uh, our mothers, especially on Mother's Day, as well as we do our fathers on Father's Day. And so, uh, once again, this is an opportunity for us to, uh, to speak about uh, the fathers. And so, uh, before I get into this, I want to just say Happy Father's Day to all of those uh, men that are out there uh, who uh, have either been... Uh, uh, have assumed a role or has been adopted into a role uh, to, to be a father to others. And so God bless you for your service and, and for your work. But truly, if we want to recognize the most important father among us, it is the one that is in heaven. Amen. Amen. And so that's why God uses the word father in a very reverential sense. In other words, uh, he when we talk about the God in heaven, uh, the gospel according to Matthew would uh, uh, keep us in, in, in the awareness that we should call no man father upon the earth. Uh, but that idea was being shared in the context of the spiritual uh, idea of our father which is in heaven. Uh, even though we know that there are religions that would refer to their uh, religious leaders as fathers. And, and, you know, that is not something that was assigned to man. Uh, when it comes to the 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 divine headship uh, uh, that is in, in that is in heaven, and so we, uh, uh, in that real spiritual sense, we call the Father, uh, our, our God in heaven, Father. Uh, uh, but in a reverential sense, we use that word to do, to to uh, describe Him and to honor Him and to give Him the praise that He is due. When it comes to upon the face of the earth, when it comes to our blood relationship, God is not concerned about us re recognizing our dads, our fathers, uh, in that sense. Uh, and so we, we, 
we need to make that clear. But with that being said, uh, this morning, as we speak to our fathers and ostensibly to all those who are hearing, um, we want to talk about uh, a father's prayer, uh, a prayer for his family. And I sought out a scripture text that you, I'm sure you may be uh, familiar with when it comes to um, prayer, especially when we find a man of God who is seeking to invoke God's uh, relationship, his power to, with, uh, to him and, uh, and uh, to help with a situation that he is addressing, that he is going through. And Nehemiah presents an opportunity for us to do just that. We know that Nehemiah is certainly a man of prayer. Uh, and uh, Paul would tell Timothy that he, he uh, desires and even commands that men lift up their hands their, uh, everywhere in prayer. Uh, and so we, 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 we recognize that prayer is something that is important uh, for, for men uh, to do, uh, for fathers to become accustomed uh, to doing, amen. Uh, Paul uh, made sure uh, that he wanted uh, uh, the, the men to pray, uh, and we ought to become, if you will, uh, uh, those who have a, a prayerful heart uh, as men of God. We need to have a prayerful mind, that is, uh, as men of God. We need to have a lifestyle of prayer uh, when it comes to our relationship uh, with God. It is something that, that, that Paul has commanded, uh, that God has in, in inspired him to write, uh, and it is uh, for us to read it and for us to, uh, for us to do. Uh, and so it is important uh, that, we, uh, that the men uh, that lead their households uh, to, have a, uh, to have a prayer life. And, and, and not only is, is, is that important, but you heard in the scripture reading this morning in Proverbs chapter 1, and verses 1 through 9, you heard where um, um, Solomon, who uh, is the son of David, uh, gives us in the Proverbs a, uh, a word of wisdom when it comes to uh, a young man. Uh, and I would even broaden that discussion, uh, a young person uh, to be guided uh, by his or her father's instruction. Uh, and not forget the wisdom of thy mother, but to bound it upon their necks, if you will, as uh, Solomon would say. You may recall that uh, this is a lead-in from last Lord's Day because we talked about uh, David and Solomon, and David said something to Solomon in the book of Kings. He told him to show thyself a man. Keep the commandments of the Lord, right? Uh, keep his statutes and his judgments. These are the things that David, uh, uh, no doubt a man of prayer, uh, shared with his son Solomon. And so Solomon, if you will, could, uh, uh, could repeat that and, to, and to, to, to give us that information um, through his wisdom because it is something that he learned uh, from, his, uh, from his father David. Uh, and no doubt, if you will, not only from his father David, but also uh, through the through the inspiration uh, of the Holy Spirit, for we know that they, both David and Solomon uh, were inspired, if you will, uh, by the Spirit of God. And, and so we we see these things, and we 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 understand them, and we bring them into context because 
Let me tell you something. When the world is upside down, somebody needs to be able to pray. Somebody needs to be able to pray. Uh, and, 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 you know, and, and let me just, if you will, if, uh, as we talk about the world, that, that sometimes that gets too big. We're too, out, we're too far out there. Uh, but the world is consisted of people. Amen. People make up the world. Lord have mercy. Uh, and so people come from some place. Amen. They just don't uh, materialize uh, out there. They come from some place. People come from families. Amen. They come from families. And, uh, and, and so that family nucleus then becomes so significant when it comes to uh, the relationship that people have with the world. Amen. The foundation that they receive from that family nucleus, if you will, uh, uh, carries itself forward uh, into the world. And those individuals begin to treat uh, uh, others, if you will, uh, as they have in many ways uh, learned in their own family nucleus, in their own homes. And so it's important that we understand that the world, if you will, uh, is not something that does not uh, originate from something that's uh, much smaller, much granular, uh, and that is each one of our family nucleuses. And so with that being it, uh, the, the, the case, uh, you know, many times you will read throughout the scriptures. As a matter of fact, you'll hear the uh, and read through uh, uh, primarily the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament, you will see that uh, 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 God would use, if you will, the phrase father's house. And that's how I know that there's a difference between the father in heaven on the, the reverential spiritual level where God says call no man upon the face of the earth your father. Uh, he's not saying you can't call him father in the natural carnal sense because he has it riddled throughout the Old Testament. <laughs> your father's house. And so he, he talks about the, the idea of the father's house uh, in the singular possessive. Uh, in other words, that house, if you will, is, 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 is in possession of that man. And who is supposed to be the patriarch of that home, amen, and to lead it accordingly. But if it is the case that there is no patriarch in the home, amen, don't, don't, our sisters, this isn't Mother's Day, don't worry, but I got to get you in here, amen. Uh, you know, the, the, if there's no patriarch available, then the matriarch needs to uh, do what's necessary uh, to move that, that family nucleus toward the Lord, amen. We know that in the form of Eunice and Lois and, and, we, uh, and others uh, that uh, we see that um, uh, Deborah and, uh, uh, if you will, Phoebe and, and others who were responsible for their homes, uh, amen, and to lead the, those, those, those families uh, in that respective way toward the Lord. And, and so we, we know that even in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, the Bible, riddled throughout the, the various epistles, uh, at least 40 times you'll find the phrase mother's house. And so you see that uh, singular possessive case in that uh, uh, situation as well. But the fathers, it's riddled 140 times uh, throughout the Bible where it says father's house. So I just want to show you 140 and 40. Amen. That tells you God has an intent that there be a patriarch. Lord have mercy. Leading that household. Amen. And, and, and that's God's intent. We know that to be the case because even in the beginning when it, we see Genesis, we see so shall a man lead. So shall a man lead father and mother and do what? Cleave to his wife. 
Amen. I mean, this is not something that's not, uh, should not be, uh, this is not something that should be unfamiliar to you. You should be familiar uh, with this idea of God uh, because it's important uh, to understand that. And, and, and you know, I just want to drop this off because I said we we're going to talk about some things because they're, they're very relevant there and, and it needs to be said. Um, um, the, 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 the fathers, as according to Ephesians chapter 5, have a responsibility to protect that household. Amen. Fathers has a responsibility to protect that household, to give himself for the household, to protect it. And that's why I thank God that we do have a father in heaven, because I know he's going to protect his house, and his house is the house of God. Amen. And so I pray I, 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 that we can get it and understand it, but these things are very, very much spiritual. They're very biblical. Uh, in, in the uh, in, in a very real sense, as I expound upon Ephesians chapter five and a man protecting his household. Remember, there was a time not that this the, the world in this particular case doesn't evolve, but there was a time when the when the male was the one that went off to war. It was the male that was, uh, 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 if you will, in the draft. It was the male that went off to the war to 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 protect the homeland. Amen. It was the male that was responsible for that. And if I go back to the Civil War, some of y'all might start getting upset because y'all probably didn't know this. Amen. But when the slaves were freed, it was the male that went to war. Amen. I'm going to drop that on there, sisters, because y'all need to know. We were in the battle to save the souls of this country. Lord have mercy. Sometimes we forget about that. But, but these, these, are, these are things that God lets us know. It is, it is about the, the, the responsibility of, of, uh, uh, that fits within God's structure of the family. Now, we know it doesn't work out all the time the way that, that, that God has planned it because sin is in the world. Amen. And it's just inevitable that uh, things will not be uh, uh, as God has uh, uh, desired for them to be. And that's why sin, sin is in the world, and so is repentance. But with that being said, don't miss the point. The point is, is that God has a responsibility for the men to lead those households, to protect those households, to guide those households, to give it instruction and counsel and understanding. Amen. So that it may go forth, everyone in that family nucleus may go forth from that household and become a seed that is now transplanted or planted somewhere else to perpetuate that same godly righteousness that came from that household. And even if it is the case that it is without a patriarch, that is the male, and it is just a matriarch, that is the woman, she too has a responsibility, as Lois and Eunice has a responsibility for Timothy, even though his father is identified as a Greek, he is little spoken about. But when it comes to grandmama and mama, they were faithful women of God. Not only as Jewish women were they faithful women of God, but as Christian women, they were faithful women of God. And so we see that, that there's a responsibility that is uh, upon uh, both the male and, and the female, the the husband and the wife, the father and the mother. In Proverbs chapter 1, remember, God doesn't leave either one of them out. He gives you an understanding of each of their significant roles. Fathers give instruction. Mothers provide wisdom. Hang them both on your neck. Amen. Don't leave either one of them out. Amen. Amen. Don't leave either one of them out. Hang them both on your neck and go forward into the world and be the people that God uh, would have you uh, to be. 
Uh, God said, uh, 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 children, uh, honor thy father and mother. Amen. Amen. Honor both of them. Amen. That's why we have Mother's Day and Father's Day. Amen. Honor both of them. Amen. Honor both of them. And if you do it right, he says that your life may be long upon the face of the earth. Young people, Amen. let me tell you something. Today's Father's Day. Make sure you make it right. Amen. Honor them. Right? Honor them. Thy father, thy mother. Each of us, all of us, the children as well as the father and the mother, must develop to be worthy of honor, though. You got to be worthy of honor. And, it, and, it, and it's a hard role. As, uh, as we use our, our, our country vernacular, it's a hard road to hold. That meant that the ground was hard. You had to sweat to break it up. The hard road had some rocks in it. Amen. Say amen. Y'all know y'all from the country. Don't act like y'all ever always lived in California. Amen. amen. Yeah, we went into the watermelon fields and picked watermelon and, and we, we, we corned the chicken and slopped the hogs and milked the cows. Amen. amen. I was back at home almost every summer. Grandpa put me right back out there with the hogs. Amen. Don't look. I don't got time. We know the blessings from which we have come, learned a lot of things from those blessings. But one thing we do know is that life is difficult, and it can have a lot of rocks in the road as you move forward, right? It's a hard road to hold. Uh, but he didn't say you don't have to hold. You still got to go through the road. Amen. Uh, you, you, Paul said, look, Paul, Paul made it very clear. Paul said, look, and even when you are on that road, you got to make sure that you understand that the devil has a lot of scandal laws. He has a lot of traps out there for you to step into. But you still got to hold that road. You still, Paul said, you got to press forward. You got to press forward. The idea of pressing forward means that no matter what may be in your way, you got to find a way to go through it. You got to press forward toward the high mark, which is uh, 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 of your calling, which is in Christ Jesus. All right. And so and so this is the context in which I want to share this sermon about a man's prayer for his family. We see that he he's the head of his family and and he has a, a responsibility uh, to pray uh, for his family here. Nehemiah, uh, as a man of God, has a prayer. And this prayer is very, it, it, it's very powerful in that not only is he addressing uh, the, the, uh, the Jewish family or the, tr the children of Israel, but it's so compelling that, that, that you, have to, you, you have to take heed to it and understand it as it pertains to how it, how it affects um, not only the broader idea of a family, but the, 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 the nucleus. Uh, of a family. So look at Nehemiah for a moment. Let's take a look at Nehemiah. If you, have, if you haven't already turned to it, uh, turn, turn to Nehemiah. Uh, and Nehemiah talks about uh, the, the, the issues that are going on with, uh, with the family of the children of Israel. 
And as he speaks about it, he recognizes that he needs to, he needs to, to invoke God into the conversation. And brothers, let me say to you, when you get to the point where you don't feel like you have a firm grasp on everything that's going on, don't ever forget that God is there. Sometimes the father has no other place to turn, you know, because we, we have a responsibility, and that responsibility is to lead the family, right? We, we sometimes we feel like we got to have all the answers, right? Because that burden of expectation is so high and has been placed upon us to do so. But Nehemiah helps us to understand that, that, that even in the midst of all of that, he says, he says I, 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 when, when, when I can't fully deal with the situation that is before me, I need to be able to have a prayer life that can strengthen me. Because the prayer life that I have that, that strengthens me helps me to understand that, that, that the, 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 the challenges of my own life that come from the past, amen, I can put them into context with the Lord because the Lord knows who I am. And by me, if you will, addressing those things, I can then look, if you will, better at what is presently going on. Amen. And when I can understand my past and put it in the context of what's presently going on, then I can better affect the future. I can affect my children better. Amen. And the relationships that they will have uh, with the world. I can even affect my wife better and the relationship she will have with the world. Nehemiah says something. I'm going to start it. I know I dropped down to verse number five, but I wanna, I'm going to start at verse number one in Nehemiah's uh, discussion with the Lord because something is happening. Challenges are going on. Social unrest. Issues with God's people is, 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 uh, uh, is uh, in the wind, and, 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 and war is in the wind, and, and, and all kinds of uh, the calamities of life are, are, are coming together and and that and the challenges is that that in all of this the 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 where God had placed his name and that is in Jerusalem the walls were down amen so you know everything is upside down right now Nehemiah doesn't know what to do the man doesn't know what to do the words of Nehemiah the son of Hilkiah Hekeliah I'm sorry the son of Hekeliah and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, and, a certain, and certain men of Judah, and, asked them, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there, in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. 
Now I'm going to put this into a little bit of a context. You see, I got to get this down to uh, uh, the, the, the nuclear sense of, the nucleus, if you will, the, the smaller sense of what we're talking about here. Let me tell you something. Nehemiah is talking about Jerusalem, the people of God, the house of God, where God, if you will, placed his name. Uh, the place of God. And, and he's talking about how, how the walls were broken down and, and, the, and the gates of that were to protect the city are burned with fire. Sometimes our house feels like that. The devil's in the house. Amen. <laughs> the doors that we, used, that we had built were burned down. Amen. Now, now, now I'm not going to get into who burned them down. The fact, of the, the fact of the matter is, is that the, 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 the door is burned down, the gates are burned down, and the walls are down. Amen. And when that happens in a family, when the, when, when the walls are down and the, and the gates are burned, somebody has to stand up. Somebody needs to go where they need to go in order to get the walls back up and the gates rebuilt. And if the father doesn't see it, then who shall see it? Amen. Now, the mothers, if the father is not present, has that responsibility to see it. But if the, if, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the father is present, then surely the father should see the wisdom of making sure that God is in the conversation of that family. Amen. Has a responsibility. The walls are down and the gates have been burned with fire. In verse number four, and it came to pass when, when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept. And let me tell you something, brothers, it's all right to cry. Don't be, don't be letting the world, you a man. You shouldn't be crying. Let me tell you something. If it hurt, drop some tears. Tears is nothing to be ashamed of. It is a coping mechanism that God has placed in the hearts, in the 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 human structure, in order for one to cope with pain, sorrow, suffering. Jesus wept. Now what you going to do about that? Because of his love of Lazarus. He wept because of the death of his friend. Not only because of the death of his friend, but even the mourning of the brother and sister, the, uh, the sisters who he loved as dearly. But Jesus wept. So when challenges of life come, brothers, don't dismiss the mechanisms, that natural mechanisms that God has given you to address such things. The Bible says Nehemiah sat down and he wept. And not only that, it said he mourned certain days and he fasted. And then it said he prayed before the God of heaven. Let me tell you something. That meant that Nehemiah said, I, I don't know what to do. I need to turn to he who does. Let me tell you something, fathers. Don't, don't, you, you, we, we got to get to the point where we understand that our responsibility and headship and leadership, amen, stems from the Lord. Amen. Stems from the Lord. God wants you to be successful in your families. He wants your families to be successful. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be, have a strong foundation. Joshua, if you will, said it best. Joshua said, you guys can go off and do what you want to do, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You see, I mean, you, you've got to understand that. The man, the man of God has to stand up in that house. Amen. When he is present to move it forward in the direction that it needs to go. 
Nehemiah goes on and says, not only did he wept or weep, mourn, fasted, but he prayed. And, 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 I, and I just want to put it here for the sake of emphasis. Notice that the, the word being used here grammatically is and. It is a conjunction. That means that each one of these things was just as significant as the other. Amen. Amen. Except one believes and is baptized. You, can, you can't be saved. <laughs> because belief and baptism are both essential. They're both necessary. And brothers, when you get to the point where, 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 where you don't think you can handle it, let me tell you something. You, 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 you need to know where your resources are to be able to cope with the moment. God said, first thing what you need to do before you run off all and jump all off the handle, try to stand still. <laughs> just look, look, sometimes just being still is the best thing you can do. Just be still, right? Just be still. The Bible says that, that Nehemiah sat down. I don't know how much more still you can get. Nehemiah said, I, you know, I'm going to sit down. I, I can't deal with all this. I, I got I to gotta sit down for a moment. And then he goes through the other acts of mourning, of weeping and mourning and, and, and fasting and then prayer. And I want to say this about fasting, by the way. Because in the religious world, in the general idea of the religious world, people think that they need to fast before people and then tell people about them, I'm fasting, I'm fasting. Let me tell you something, you fasting, keep it to yourself. Nobody else needs to know you fasting. That's between you and the Lord. And I don't care what you're fasting for. Whatever reason, it's between you and the Lord. Amen. As a matter of fact, Jesus got to the point where people started using fasting as if it was some idea of their elevation of piety over everyone else. And Jesus said, look, when you fast, wash your face, clean your clothes. Nobody needs to know you fasting, but you and the Lord. And sometimes when you're going through a lot of stuff, sometimes you just need to fast. And when you do that, that's between you and God. Amen. But notice something about fasting. Fasting is a process whereby you resist dealing with something, uh, 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 participating in something that you used to participate in that you're trying to not participate in. Amen. So whatever your fasting is, it's something that God says can be a blessing as a coping mechanism to deal with whatever situation you're in. Some things you are involved in, and you're involved in those things because those things have overcome your life, and in order to get your life back right, you got to learn how to fast. You know what? I'm going to put this stuff aside because this, this, is, this, is, this is not helping me right now. i got to put this aside. It's become all-consuming, and I'm not able to deal with what I need to deal with. But nevertheless, the idea of fasting it's something that's very personal and private, but it's something that is also very spiritual when it comes to if you're doing it on behalf of, uh, of, uh, of some matter that relates to God. Verse number five, 
He comes back and he says, it is this Nehemiah 1 and 5, and now we're in our text, if you will, that was in the, uh, that's in the, uh, the presentation. He says, and, I, and said, I beseech thee. And, and the word beseech, old English Shakespearean word, I beg thee. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, and, and, and be very careful with this, because this is, this is very important, because this has driven a lot of religions off the cliff. A lot of religions have gone off the cliff because they don't even understand this very basic principle. God does not owe you anything. He don't owe you anything. Nothing. When we come to the Lord, we come to the Lord in need. Amen. We come to the Lord in need. And so even, even, even in the early uh, uh, antiquities of, 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 of spiritual writings, you'll find that there's certain prayer postures. And I'm not saying prayer postures are, bibli- are, are mandatory biblical positions that you need to take today. They're really irrelevant. You can take a prayer posture or not take a prayer posture. Matter of fact, prayer is something that you do in your spiritual heart. It's not even based on your physical position. But that is a different discussion for a different time. But there was a moment <laughs> where when people went into a prayer posture, they would, bow, they would bow down on their knees, they would bow their heads, and they would lay their hands, and their palms would be open toward the sky. You know why? Because they were there ready to receive what it was they were asking for. So their palms were open towards the sky. And perhaps that is why the biblical text talks about when we go to the Lord in prayer, he says, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open. When you're asking God for something, you're coming there beseeching. You're coming there begging him for something. Lord, I need something from you because I can't get it from any place else. I need this from you. And surely when it comes to spiritual matters, to whom shall you go? There's a song we used to sing, where could I go but to the Lord? You know, where could I go but to the Lord? Neighbors are kind. I love them, everyone. We get along in sweet accord. But when my faith is challenged and life becomes a challenge, where can I go but to the Lord? But to the Lord. And so we need to understand, Nehemiah said, I had to go to the Lord. I had to beseech him. I had to have an audience with God. And, and, and brothers, let me tell you something. When you're trying to deal with your past so that you can affect your present, so that you can improve on the, on the future, you need to have a relationship where you can be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. Now, I know the sisters going to get mad and some of the brothers going to get mad, but that's all right. The Bible is meant to challenge us. James says, James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Let me tell you something, sisters, you're thinking, you're thinking about getting married, and you, and you have the right to get married. You think about getting married and getting hooked up. Let me tell you something, the last thing you need is a man that can't go to the Lord. That's the last thing you need. You, look, you got your own problems. You don't need to add to them. Amen. You need somebody who has a relationship with God. Who can go to the Lord in the midst of challenges. Amen. Well, I wish I had time. But that's what you need. 
And that's what the men of God in households need to become. They have a active relationship with the Lord. So he comes to the Lord and he says, and I beseech you, he says, O Lord of heaven, O Lord God of heaven, not only am I going to address your majesty. Woo! When you know the Lord, this is powerful. Not only am I going to address your majesty, because you are the Lord, amen, but I'm also going to address your divinity, because you are able to deliver what it is I need. Right? I'm not only going to identify and uh, acknowledge your majesty. You are the king of kings. Amen. You are the Lord of lords. You are the true God. There's no doubt about it. But you're also the Elohim. You are the omniscient, the omnipotent, the omnipresent. You are, you, you see all, you know all, you are all places at the same time. So even though I'm beseeching you, you already know what my need is. You already know what my need is, but I'm going to let that out. I'm going to beseech you because that is the custom and the matter and the commandments by which you desire for us to address you. Oh, Lord God of heaven. Not only does he address his majesty. Not only does he address his divinity, but he addresses his positional relationship when it comes to his, 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 his location from earth to heaven. I know you sit up high and you look down low. Oh, Lord God of heaven. Not, not Lord God of these statues that are over in Egypt that they created with their hands. But I'm talking to the God in heaven. I'm talking about, I'm talking to the everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting. I'm talking to the creator of the universe, as Hebrews chapter 1 and chapter 2 would let us to under, lead us to understand. And also Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2 would lead us to understand. And, and so he goes, he says, the Lord God in heaven. And he says, and the great and terrible God, Lord have mercy. I know what you're capable of. The great and terrible God. And look, and I know how honorable, how full of grace and mercy you are. Boy, let me tell you something, sister. When you want a man, go find a man of God. Because if he's truly a man of God, if he can respect and honor God, then guess what he can do for you? Boy, I wish I had time. I know. I, all right. All right. He, he goes on and says, look. That keepeth covenant. That keepeth covenant. And mercy. For them that love him. And observe his commandments. Right? What did Paul tell? Oh, I'm Paul. What did da- Paul did too? But what did David say to Solomon? Because that was our proverb, right? That was the reading in Proverbs. Solomon was uh, sharing some of the wisdom that he received from David, and now we read Solomon's wisdom in Proverbs. But what did David say to Solomon when he said to, in, in the Kings, remember what David said to Solomon? Show thyself a man. Keep the commandments, the judgments, the statutes of the Lord. Nehemiah says, I know who you are, God. 
I know who you are, Lord. You're one that keepeth covenant mercy for them that love him and, uh, and observe his commandments. In other words, when we do that, which God has required of us to do, to live Christian lives, to strive to be the people of God, to be that pillar and ground of the truth, to be the royal priesthood, the spiritual church, the spiritual people of God. When we do that which God has asked us and required of us to do, then God reciprocates. God reciprocates. God said, you, you keeping your part, I'm going to keep my part. Amen. God reciprocates. Lord have mercy. If my people, the prophet says, who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, I will pour out a blessing from heaven that they cannot receive. Don't tell me God doesn't know how to reciprocate. You do I am. Do what we're supposed to do. God said he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Amen. Brothers, when you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do in that household, let me tell you something. Mama and the children, they're going to reciprocate. And if they don't, come talk to me. We can have a meeting. <laughs> but when you do what you're supposed to do, there's, recipro there's, there's reciprocation. The blessing comes back. God said he will... He will bless you as well. And then he says, verse number six, and this is, this is, this is, this is very powerful because it, it gives us the, once again, the acknowledgement of Nehemiah's relationship with the Lord. He says, he says, incline or let thine ear down or let thine ear now be attentive and thy eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now, look what he says, day and night. Right? God does not come when you, when you want him. But he's always on time. Brothers, let me tell you something. When you have a relationship with the Lord, all you need to do is just continue praying. Just continue praying. God is going to be attentive to your prayer. As you pray day and night, as Nehemiah said, that's what he was doing day and night. He says, look, and I'm praying for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my what? Father's house have sinned. When there is sin in the camp of the house, the walls are down. The gates are burned. The devil's in the camp. And, 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 and now there is a need to, 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 to address that. And by addressing it, it becomes a, it becomes a very uh, a powerful and, 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 and severe task for that man of God in that house to deal with whatever is going on. You need the Lord on your side. Something has happened. Challenges of life have happened and issues have impacted the home. And so the man of God, he needs to be able to recognize um, 
I, I, I know that change can come. Um, and the way it comes is by us acknowledging and identifying where the problem is. Nehemiah said, I know where the problem is. The problem's in sin. Right? And, and, and so we need to deal with the sin. And, and so he says, look, uh, 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 in order to deal with the sin, sin is not something, if you will, that, 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 that individuals feel like it's, it's, it's external of them, amen. It is something that happens in the activity of it being external, but sin starts in the mind, in the heart. And so the way we start dealing with sin is, is we got to get back to the point where we build our relationship back with the Lord. We have to build it back with the Lord. And, that's what, and, and that is the most important thing when a household is going awry. It is important to understand what has happened. It's not a mystery. Sin is in the camp. And somebody has and, and it has to be rooted out, whether it's the matriarch or whether it's the patriarch or whether it's both of them or it's the matriarch and the patriarch, or the patriarch and the matriarch and the children, all sets. But sin is in the camp. And it takes a relationship with God to remove it. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 uh, and in Galatians 6 and 15, we see that this is exactly the case. Where sin is in the camp, it takes a relationship with God to remove it. A lot of folk think that you can remove sin from your household without the Lord. Well, let me tell you something. That is a fool's errand. You can't remove sin from your life without the Lord. Jesus died for sin. Amen. And the wisdom of David says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You're already on an uphill battle, even having the word. David said, even though I've hidden the word in my heart, it is for the purpose that I might not sin against you. Not that I will not, but that I might not. At least I have a frame of reference to look toward. When I make decisions and contemplate things. But Nehemiah 1 and 7, he says, and this is the, the heartbreaking part, right? Because Nehemiah recognizes that when sin comes into the camp, that means somebody has, has turned away from the Lord. Nehemiah says, we have dealt very corruptly against thee. That is the Lord. And remember, I talked about reciprocation. He says, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. When sin is in the camp, the walls are down. The doors, the gates have been burned. The devil's running rampant. Somebody's got to turn to the Lord. Somebody's got to have that relationship with God. And God intended for that patriarch, that man, to have that kind of relationship. Where he can come to God and ask for what it is that he needs, beseeching the Lord. And if it's strength that you need, go to the Lord. God knows how to give you strength. They that wait on the Lord, Isaiah said, shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You need strength to make it through what's going on in your life and in your family. You need God on your side. And this is what, this is what the man of God was supposed to be able to do when he had a relationship with the Lord. I'm going to read the rest of chapter 1 and then I'm going to be done. He says, verse number 8, remember, Lord have mercy, as if, as if the Lord has forgotten. <laughs> right? He says, remember. Right? He says, talk about remember. Because look, I need you to, I, 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 Lord, I need you to hear me. But John 9, 31 says, God heareth not sinners. But if any man be uh, a servant of his, if any man be obedient to him, him shall he hear. So when you walked away from the Lord, you put yourself in a, a very tough predicament. Nehemiah has a relationship with God. And so therefore, even if he's considered to be a wayward child of God. I don't have time to deal with all that, but I'll just drop this off because I, I, I quoted John 9, 31. But even if he's considered to be a wayward child of God, at least he has a relationship with God where he can repent and come back to the Lord. But imagine if you don't have any relationship with God and sin is in the camp. To whom will you go? Amen. And Jack ain't gonna help you. And John either. Lord, uh, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Jack, Jack Daniels. And, but some of y'all say, well, you know him as well as I do. John is his name. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if that still applies. You know, I don't know if that still applies. But, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the challenges, when, when challenges of life come, people begin to turn to all kinds of other things to try to cope when you don't have the Lord in your life. You got to have God in your life to cope with the issues of life. But he says, remember, Nehemiah says, remember one day. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that remember we talk about the seed is the word of God. This is the seed of the soul, you all. I'm still in the theme, the, the thematical concept. I just need you to see this here. He says, remember, I beseech thee, the word that I commanded thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. You got to acknowledge what is currently and presently going on in your house. Before you can get the change that you need. And I dare say, The change always begins with you, right? You can't change somebody else, but you can work on changing yourself. And, and, and fathers, if we can just get ourselves to change, to be the men of God that he would have us to be, you would be surprised at the influence that the change you make in your life will have on others that are around. That's just the way the light works, right? That's just the way light works. Light, when light shines, it affects everything else around it, right? And you being a man of God, you become a 
child of the light. And by you being a child of the light and being the man of God that he would have you to be, you can affect everything else that's around you. If men would gather themselves as God told Job, gird up your loins, right? Stand on your feet like a man, right? We need to gather ourselves together. We need to get ourselves together and understand what our responsibilities are. You may not be able to go back in the past and unring the bell that you rung. But you can surely affect its presence and you can hopefully affect the future by being different than what you used to be. Used to be's don't make no honey. Look what he says. He, he goes on. I'm not going to be much longer. I know it's Father's Day. Y'all got lunch prepared or brunch or whatever it is you got prepared and all your festivities. But we're going to give God his due. Because right. he is the true father. Right, so we're going we to have worship. And, and, and so, it, but, but I'm not going to be much longer. And so he says, look, he says, he goes on. He says, look, but, it, but it, he says, remember what you, you said in your word. Now, God doesn't need for us to tell him what was in his word. But at least Nehemiah knows what's in it. The question is not whether or not God knows what's in his word. The question is, do you know what's in his word? <laughs> do you know what's in his word? God, you try to tell me to remember what I wrote? <laughs> do, did you read it? That's what I got to read. Did you read what I wrote? But he goes on in verse number nine. He says, look, but if ye turn unto me. See, Nehemiah is trying to make this, this argument this indirect argument. Now, you remember what you said. You, you said that I know, I know you're right. I know you're just. I, I, know, I know that in truth that, that we went astray and, and now you've scattered us abroad. I'm going to concede all of that. Nehemiah think he's trying to outwit the Lord. I'm going to concede all of that. We wrong. We wrong. Sometimes you just got to say you're wrong. You just got to say you're wrong. Amen. We wrong. We did you wrong. We didn't keep your word. We didn't keep your statutes. We're not going to go make up a different doctrine to try to justify what we did. We're going to acknowledge that we were wrong and that we didn't keep what you told us to do. Lord have mercy. We rejected your word. We didn't keep it. We wrong. We didn't keep your statutes, your commandments, your judgments. We didn't keep it. But remember what you said, Lord. But if ye turn unto me, see, this is repentance, right? This is repentance. Because judgment is going to be done irrespective of, 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 the, of the, uh, um, the plea that is put forward. Judgment is still happening, and judgment is still going to be done according to whatever it is that you have done in this body. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, for we all must stand before the judgment bar of God. Then we've got to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So judgment is still there. But what we're doing is we're, we're beseeching God's mercy, his grace, Lord. And when the family is in crisis, it takes a man of God to stand up and to acknowledge. It takes a man to stand up and say when he was wrong. And when you say he's wrong, you're wrong. 
He just acknowledges. And you, be, you see how important that is when, when the respect of your family will come and the respect of your neighbors will come and the respect of your friends will come. And, 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 and you know, uh, 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 being a man has nothing about uh, the, 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 the broadness of your shoulders or the, or the thickness of your muscles. But it's about how big your heart is and whether or not your heart is, is in relationship with God. The weakest man from a physical perspective in the world that has a heart for God is stronger than the strongest man in the world that has the biggest muscles and the broadest shoulders. You see, character means something. Character means something. The Bible talks about David. And it calls David Rudy or Ruddy. In other words, he, he was a small guy, right? He was a keeper of the sheep, though. Amen. They don't talk about what he did out there when he was out there in the field protecting them sheep. But he was a small guy. Jesse's sons, right? Now, when the people wanted a king, the people, I said, when the people wanted a king, right? They, 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 they saw Saul, and Saul stood above them all in height, in mass, and in uh, handsomeness. Oh, that's all. That's, that's, that's our king. And God said, look, I'm going to give you what you asked for. But let me tell you something. Just because you see this person stand up here who's tall and handsome and broad shoulders, don't think that they're going to do what's right. I don't have time to get into all that. But Saul, God never said Saul was a man after his own heart. But he did say that about David. Because, see, David's heart was toward the, God, uh, toward the Lord. And when David was identified as being in sin, David acknowledged that to the Lord. That's what it means to have a big heart. You're wrong, you're wrong. And, and, and so we, we, we see here, as, as Nehemiah says, look, he says, But you did say, if ye, if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. You said this, Lord. You did say that you were going to scatter us abroad. We sinned. We did wrong. But you also said... If we repent, that you will bring us back and you will put us back into your bosom. The future is about coming back home. It's about coming back to the Lord. And let me tell you something. If more men will stand up and recognize that God is and start leading their families, those nucleuses that they've been made responsible for, let me tell you something, the world would be a better place. Because the Lord has promised it. And the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. 
The Lord has promised it. Nehemiah reminds us of it. In verse number 10, he says, Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. Well, we've been redeemed too because Ephesians 1 and 7 says we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Brothers, we have a great responsibility. Wherever you are, wherever God has placed you, whatever nucleus he's placed you in, you have a great responsibility to lead that nucleus toward the Lord. Verse number 10, uh, verse number 11, I'm sorry, as I close. Oh, Lord, I beseech thee. He repeats himself a little bit here. Let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. And to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. And then he asks for what it is that he desired of the Lord. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king. So Nehemiah takes us through a whole process where the strength of a man's prayer becomes the power to change everything. And that man's prayer did change everything for the children of Israel because God blessed Nehemiah because of his prayer. He blessed him to influence the king, for the king to let him go back to Jerusalem. And when he went back to Jerusalem, Nehemiah and Ezra began to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. When you turn to the Lord, brothers, when you are a man of God, when you're standing on God's word, and you recognize where you are with the Lord, you know you need to turn around. And come to him. God said he's going to reciprocate. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to bless you. To be able to move forward as his man of God. In the circles that you move in and out of. He's going to bless you as a man of God. Because what is he doing? He's preparing you to rebuild those walls that have been torn down. And to rebuild the gates that are burned. There are a whole lot of walls all over this place that need to be rebuilt. And there's a whole lot of doors that have been burned down that need to be replaced. And God is looking. He's looking for men to stand up and to take on that task. Because that's what we've been called to do. And when we start that journey, it starts with our relationship with God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We need to seek the Lord. It begins with you. As heads of the house, it begins with you. If there happens not to be a patriarch there, the matriarch, it begins with you. And children, if the matriarch and the patriarch have fallen short on their 
pray this morning that you heard him, that you, you're willing to seek him, believe what he has said. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's the reward of those that diligently seek him. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. God wants to save your soul. He wants to save your, the souls of those who you affect around you. He wants to save your soul. You need to come so that he can affect those who are around you. You need to come. Repenting of your sins, Nehemiah acknowledged, we've done wrong. Romans 3 and 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So guess what? We all did wrong. Romans 5 says, while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly. That means we were all ungodly. Ephesians chapter 2 says we walked uh, after the principalities and the powers of the air. That is to say, in a very long way, the devil. Right? But because of God's grace, because of his mercy, he quickened us. And he quickened us with Christ. So it's time for you to come. Let him quicken your life. Let him quicken your spirit. Because you were dead in trespassing and sin. Amen. Your spirit is dead in trespassing and sin. You need to, you need to let the Lord make it alive. By coming to him and asking him to forgive you of your sin. Confessing Jesus Christ to be the son of God. Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Go down in the watery grave of baptism. Let him cleanse you from all your past sin. Let him give you a present that's worthy of living. Because the old man is crucified in his sin. But the new man arises to walk in the newness of life. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You can live your life differently, and you can have a different future ahead of you, but you have to come. You have to come. Going down to that water grave of baptism, God adds you to the church. He adds you to his kingdom. He adds you to his, to his house. He adds you to his body. We don't vote you in. God adds you because God knows the heart of man. So I pray that, you're, that you've prepared your heart to come. To present yourself as a candidate for baptism, I pray that you have, and, 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 and this is the opportunity to do so, because even though you're here this day, it doesn't mean that you'll be here tomorrow. Amen. Tomorrow's not promised to you, but you got today. As a matter of fact, if I narrow it even more, you have right now, but you don't know if you're going to have the next moment. But if you're here and you desire to be baptized, the invitation has been extended. You've heard the word. You need to believe it. You need to repent, confess, be baptized. We'll put you in the water. You can go home another way. Why don't you do that right now? As we stand and sing the invitational song, why don't you come? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his graces? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb All your garments spotless are they white as snow Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you walking daily by the Savior's side Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb Do you rest each moment in 
crucified, or you wash in the blood of the Lamb, or you wash in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb, or your garments spotless, or they white as snow, or you wash in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Let us say amen once again. Amen. Wow. What a, what a message this morning. Amen. God bless you. Brother Culpepper, thank you for your, your uh, sermon this morning. Amen. Uh, all the brothers heard it. Amen. <laughs> and the sisters too. Uh, so uh, we thank you for your, uh, for your message, as always. And uh, from your labor, I have a few cards before me. Um, I have a card from my very own sister, Anita Young. She has a statement on the back of her card. It reads, I'd like to thank God for all his many blessings. Please pray for Sister Ramsey. She is not feeling well. Please pray for Nicole for a special need in her life. Thank you, Sister Anita Young. Also, I have a card from my very own sister, Lorraine Brown. Sister Brown has a statement about her card. It reads, need prayer for my friend, nephew, Micaiah, for strength. Girlfriend, girlfriend was killed by a hit-and-run driver. And pray for my son, Alex, and his family. Thank you, Sister Lorraine Brown. From our members, also our sister Erica Chandler, she is desired prayer. She has prayers for a special need. Thank you, Sister Chandler. And also uh, our members, Sister Doreen Brumel, prayers uh, Nathaniel Brumel to get another job. She's praying for Nathaniel Brumel to get another job. These are all the cards that I have at this time. Uh, I'm going to ask that you would bow with me as we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is into your presence we come with bowed heads and grateful hearts. Looking to you, Father, and thanking you for all that you have done for us and all that you will do for us. Thanking you, Father, for loving us more than we love ourselves. But, Father, we come with special needs and, and, and we know you come to you because you have all power. We have all confidence in you, Father. We ask that you will be with those who need strength, be with those who... Um, like uh, our, our very own Sister Ramsey, help her father uh, with her ailments. Uh, we ask that you would just continue to uh, be with those also who have special needs. Father, you know who they all are. So we, at this time, uh, having full confidence in you, come to you and ask you to grant the prayers of, of everyone who, who asks for prayers. And Father, like I already mentioned, you have all power. So we have full confidence that you will answer our prayer with a yes or no answer. So thank you, Father, in advance for your love and your mercy and, and, and for answering our prayers. But Father, ask also for the prayers for the nurses and doctors continuing and for those who um, are in the hospitals and those who are struggling and those who need help, whoever and wherever they may be. Father, we pray for everyone. So thank you for your grace, your mercy, and it's most of all, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. These prayers and all prayers we do ask in the name of your darling son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Church, let us know pages 350 
And at this time, let us prepare our hearts and our minds for communion. When my love to Christ grows weak, when for deeper faith I see, it is only 